Sometimes life is messy. Have you ever wished you could refocus your mind, home, relationships, and work life? Join us as we use research-based information to make practical changes and simplify life. This is Life Simplified. September is National Preparedness Month. Throughout this month, we will be talking about preparing and protecting your family and home. Food and water safety, financial consideration before and after a natural disaster, and navigating trauma after a national disaster. Before we get started, we're going to be talking about far as emergency food supply and water supply. And I just want to ask the ladies, do any of you all have any food supply put back, you know, in place of a natural disaster? And if so, what do you have in there for, for that? I have food that I could use if we had a natural disaster, but it's not specifically put back for a natural disaster. Uh, so I always try to keep a lot of canned goods on hand with pop tops. And then, um, I can, I've canned food before, um, like, um, green beans and carrots and things like that. So having, I have stuff on hand, but it's not specifically for that. Yeah, I would say the same. Um, I definitely am kind of mindful when I'm shopping, if I'm getting canned goods, I will get extra. I don't get what I need. I get, you know, enough for three or four or five times of making that thing or just making sure I have extra on hand. We constantly have things that are shelf stable, like granola bars, crackers, peanut butter. We keep a lot of that on hand and I will buy especially peanut butter in bulk, like at bulk stores in the very large quantities because we go through it a lot. But also I know that that's something we can use um, in a pinch, but it is not set aside um, in its own like kit or container. It's just in my pantry with our everyday foods. I am ashamed to admit that no, I do not have anything set aside and I'm even a little bit low on all of those things that Amanda and Tiffany mentioned as far as those shelf stable items. And typically I do try to keep an extra can or two of something, but I was making my grocery pickup order this morning because I'm so low. So I am ashamed that I do not have those things, but since we've been talking about being prepared for a disaster that is on my mind. Don't be ashamed. No shame. No one is to be guilted or shamed today. That's right. And also we're going to talk about how we need to do it and what we need to keep. So this is a perfect thing, you know, for all of us, because I would have to agree with all three of you all. I do not have like a kit made up, but I'll always have extra stuff like the things that Tiffany and Amanda was talking about, canned goods, you know, non-perishable food items and stuff like that. I always have extra on hand, but that's okay. If you don't, today's episode, we're going to be learning on how we can, you know, fix our food supply and our water supply and have that on hand just in case of a natural disaster. A disaster can easily be disrupted the food supply at any time. And I'm just going to go back and say, you know, what, Two years ago when COVID hit, it did hurt our food supply. 
And I wasn't prepared for, and I've always, my kids laugh at me that I've got toilet paper and paper towels always extra on hand and I did not have none. So, you know, that's something to think about. And they laughed because I didn't, because they couldn't say I'm a hoarder when it comes to that. But I always tried to be prepared. And during that time, and I'm only mentioning COVID is because it's still new, you know, and that we just went through and it was a natural disaster, not necessarily far as destroying, you know, farms or houses or anything like that, but it also disrupted far as our lives, you know, and for people being sick. So that's something to think about, you know, far as it did interrupt our food supply. So planning to at least have three days supply on of food on hand is what they recommend. Now, does that mean that you only have to have 30 days? Absolutely not. That's just what they recommend at least having, you know, three days worth of food on hand. And that's talking about breakfast, lunch, and dinner or snacks or just, you know, having them non-perishable food items, which we're going to talk about here in just a minute. And thinking about that, three days seems like a a lot of food. Just trying to wrap my head around that. I'm thinking for our family of four, we all have different family sizes, but breakfast, lunch, and dinner are something that would be shelf stable. So I'm I'm certain that you're gonna give us some ideas of those things, but just trying to wrap my head around that, that that seems like not that it would be a lot as far as being prepared in an emergency, but thinking about planning that 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 seems like a, that's a lot of food. That's right. And well, and not only that, you got to think about non-perishable, you know, because we may not have electricity to keep, you know, our frozen foods or our other foods, you know, safe to eat. So we got to make sure that you have things that are going to last, you know, longer than the three days as well. And that's kind of what I, I don't, uh, what I mentioned earlier, sometimes I'll try to be mindful of buying cans that have pop tops because I always have had a hand can opener, a hand crank can opener. But some people have the electric can openers, um, and some people don't have the ability or their limited uh, mobility type things that can't oh, can't use a hand crank one. So keep in mind you can buy those that have the pop tops on them, and then also thinking about if your food and what you have on hand, can you pack it with you? So we've talked about a lot about cans and stuff like that. But if you are trying to grab your go bag, how heavy is a bag full of cans going to be? So you want to make sure you have different types of foods Mm -hmm. that um, you can take with you. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that and then how to store them, you know, that type of food as well. Keeping food that has a long shelf life is what we want to look for. Uh, Requires little or no cooking, water, or refrigeration in case utilities are disrupted. Also, uh, meet the needs of babies or any family members who are on special diets. You know, maybe if you've got a newborn or a baby that is still, you know, using formula, making sure that you have, you know, the water on hand to fix the formula. That's something you need to think about. And, you know, we all four of us have different far as children or family sizes with different stages of life. And all of mine are older, so I don't have to think about a baby, but I do have a new grandbaby on the way. So I need to think about if she's at my house, you know, do I have, you know, things that I can, you know, provide for her. 
meeting our pets needs. You know, we've got to make sure that we, we can take care of them as well because they're in the natural disaster with us are not very salty or spicy as foods increase the needs for drinking water, which may also be in the short supply. So whenever you are picking far as what type of foods, don't get something that's going to be really, really salty or really, really spicy because that can take down far as your water supply, you know, that you need to keep on hand. We mentioned some of the natural disasters that we were concerned about or that we had experienced in a previous podcast, and I discussed the ice storm. Amanda talked about you want your shelf-stable items. You said not to get things that were too salty or spicy. Well, in preparation for the ice storm, because we had an idea that there was going to be ice. I'm I'm not sure we knew exactly what that was going to look like, and by we, I mean me. I was fully prepared to, I'm going to ride this out by myself in my apartment. So I went and got groceries. You know what kind of groceries I got? Refrigerator, frozen. And I had a can of potato chips. But I did not stay in my apartment by myself. But that's what I carried with me. My little lonely can of potato chips to um, to stay with a group of, I don't know, there were probably six or seven of us. And I had my salty chips. So I'm going to be better prepared this next time. And well, you know, that is good to point out, Joni, because a lot of shelf stable foods are salty because salt you know preserves you know especially if you're thinking about like beef jerky or something like that when you're trying to get protein in um we can think that like we're doing the right thing by having those but then you need to make sure you either have extra water or maybe make a different choice that kind of leads right back into our next you know thing that we was going to talk about you know storing food you know ashley i was the same as you as the ice storm which i had my whole family um, at home, my kids were smaller and everything. And I went out and bought fr- freezer foods or stacked up on meats and froze them. And, and I did not, I mean, my, we didn't have no electricity. I didn't have a generator. So I lost all of that food that I had in my freezer. And I made me very upset because, you know, being wasteful, but I didn't have any other way to keep it on hand. You know, there's things that they tell you to do, but when you don't have electricity for almost a month, then your food is going to go bad. So here's some tips that we can definitely go by. Buying dehydrated foods, you know, that you can undehydrate, I guess is how you can say it. And also that they will stay keep longer with being dehydrated if they're not in cans, especially shelf-stable foods. Checking your expiration dates, you know, and make sure your cans that you have on hand are not expired or they're not fixing to be expired. And if they are, rotate them through, go in and use them first. And then far as put your new ones in the back, making sure that as I have been guilty of this and you forget that you have it in your cabinet and it gets pushed back and guess what, before you realize it, it is already expired and you cannot use it. So just making sure that you rotate your food, especially if you don't have a kit on hand and you're just talking about the food that you have with you, you know, that you're normally going to eat before with your family, just make sure you rotate that through. Other types of emergency food, home canned foods usually need to be thrown, thrown out after a year. Uh, Amanda, I know you talked about far as, uh, you know, food preservation, canning and that's good to have on hand as well, especially if you have a garden and or you've got a 
a way to be able to can that's good to have them on hand, but also make sure that they don't expire because they do expire as well. So if you can every year, make sure you rotate, get the older ones first, you know, use them first before you use your newer ones. Use and replace food before it expires. Try just to be very tuned in that anything in your freezer that you want to make sure you use it first too. Same thing as far as shelf life stable foods as well. Certain storage conditions can enhance the shelf life of canned and dry foods. The ideal location is in a cool, dry, dark place. The best temperature is 40 degree to 70 degree Fahrenheit. So you don't want to put them exactly where sun's going to come and beat on them all day long. You know, you want to make sure that you you have placed them in a place that is going to be safe for you and your family to use. Storing food away with from ranges or refrigerator exhaust. Heat causes many foods to spoil more quickly. Storing foods away from products such as gasoline, oil, paints, and making sure that that food is not absorbed, you know, with them smells. Also, protecting your food from rodents and insects. Items stored in boxes or in uh, paper cartons will keep longer if they are heavy wrapped or stored in waterproof airtight containers. Just make sure that you're not just having it on the ground where anybody can do it. If it's not in your house, maybe you put it in your storage building to have that kit you know, on hand, but it may not be in there as far as in your house, make sure that you store it the way that it needs to be properly stored to make sure that you are not getting the rodents or the insects, or also that you're not putting things together that like chemicals along with food. Uh, it's very funny. My kids, they would always laugh at me when they'd go to the grocery store with me because I always put my food first and then put all my other stuff and cleaning supplies and that last and just making sure that I'm not, you know, con cross-contaminating them with the chemicals in that. So need to make sure you do the same thing whenever you are building your kit or if you're storing food in general. Suggesting emergency food supplies, consider following things that we put together, um, like store at least uh, several days supply of non-perishable foods. You know, we talked about that, at least having three days supply on hand. Also, we need to pay attention to what the news media or weather apps or emergency preparedness apps are telling us, uh, you know, try to be more prepared or go get prepared for non-perishable food items. Choosing foods that your family will eat, just don't go buy food that you know that they're not going to eat just because it is shelf-stable food. Does that mean to not buy it? No, absolutely not, because, you know, if we have a natural disaster, we're going to probably need to eat whatever we have on hand. And I know sometimes it's hard, especially when you have picky eaters, but you also need to think about, you know, is this food the food that we need to help keep us alive or help us keep from being hungry, but also don't buy things that it's going to go to waste. Also remember the specialty diet needs. You know, if you're a diabetic, make sure that you're not, you are picking up foods that are not, you know, have lots of carbohydrates or sugar in them. You know, make sure to do the best you can far as with your dietary needs, that you're not getting food that has lots of salt in it. So your uh, hypertension will go, you know, sky high. I've talked about a while ago, making sure you're not getting spicy foods or salty foods because of that reason. 
So we talked about far as shelf ready foods, food items. Well, here's some of our recommendations for our supply list that we should have on hand. Uh, ready to eat cereals, you know, that's a good way, but make sure that they are stored, you know, not only in their box, but maybe in a Ziploc bag. That way nothing can get into there. Also making sure that you have canned meats that are not going to expire, you know, that you can use tuna. You know, tuna is in a can and you can also have a pop, pop can opener or also a can opener that's not electric to open them. I have a can opener that was, I mean, it's very many years old and I still use it. My kids bought me an electric one one year and I didn't even use it because I like using my little can opener, but it's very hard for my kids to decide how to open it. But now they do because as, as, they, as they've got older. And fruits, um, making sure that the, you have fruits and vegetables on hand and also having the option with the can, because if you don't have electricity, you cannot have far as the frozen or the fresh. You know, if you have fresh, that's fantastic, but sometimes they do expire too. So um, just be very leery on that and just make sure that you are getting the foods that you need that's not going to expire. Also protein foods, you know, fruit bars. I think that was mentioned earlier. They do have protein bars out. They do also have, you know, food, fruit bars as well. And them are foods that will not go bad in a short period of time. Also granola. Granola was also would be considered far as dry cereal, uh, dried fruits, canned juices, non-perishable uh, pasteurized milk, high energy foods, foods for infants, and comfort stress foods, you know, because it's a stressful time. So sometimes we've got to have a little, you know, maybe a little piece of chocolate or something that will, you know, make comfort, you know, just because we're in a natural disaster doesn't mean that, you know, we we can't have some of our comfort foods. Preparing foods after a disaster and emergency can be difficult due to damage of your home or loss of energy, gas, and water. Having the following items available will help you to prepare meals safely. When the ice storm hit, we've talked about it. Uh, we was renting a home, my husband and our children, and we had a fireplace, but we had just moved into this place and we had, did not know if the fireplace had been cleaned, you know, because, and so we did not get to use it. So there were things that you need to make sure that you also are taking care of. If you have a fireplace to be able to heat your house or also cook with, you know, make sure that they are all up to date that where you can use them. Cooking utensils, you know, making sure you have some that either you can throw away or you can, you know, clean with uh, little amounts of water. Forks, knives, spoons, you can have, buy disposable ones at the end so you don't have to wash your, your regular ones. Paper plates, cups, and towels, pa and paper towels. And like I said earlier, I was uh, talking about, I didn't have toilet paper or paper towels on hand like I normally do. Just making sure that you have, you know, them on hand so that way you don't have to wash dishes as well. A manual can opener, we've mentioned that several times, a bottle opener. Also a heavy duty aluminum foil. You know, if you have a grill that you're, you still got propane and you're still able to use, you know, make sure that you have heavy duty aluminum so you can cook on the grill. Propane or charcoal grills, uh, camp stoves. 
fuel for cooking and such as charcoal. Also, be cautious only to use charcoal grills and camp outside your home. Do not use them inside your home. I think those are all really good things to think about because when we're thinking about an emergency kit or food supply, we're thinking about the food. What can I get? Now, don't take me for an example because I was thinking about what can I stick in my refrigerator. But when I'm preparing for what turned out to be a tornado in 2021, I was not expecting that. I was expecting a storm where we might lose power. I did go get a bunch of snack things. I didn't keep them separate. I just shoved them in the pantry and said, no one eat these until after the storm passes. And then you can have them. But I want to make sure we have things that we could eat if we lose power. But I didn't think one thing about making sure that the the paper plates and the forks were in a place that was easily accessible if the power were to go out. So I think those are that's a great list to include with your emergency kit because sometimes we think about the food, but we don't think about those extras. As I researched this and looked at, you know, as far as our data on everything, it helped me also to realize I need to be better prepared when it comes to food. You know, like I said earlier, you know, I have extra food on hand, but I, is it really going to be enough to have everything that we need if for some reason or another, we have another ice storm, we have another tornado, we have flooding, we have these things Am I going to be prepared enough for to help my family maybe not be comfortable during this, but also just to be able to survive? Because we've had so many different natural disasters in our area. You, We just never know. We got to make sure that we can take care of ourselves and our families. So before we switch gears and talk about water supplies, I'm going to ask you ladies, uh, do any of you all have any water supplies on hand? And how did you store them for them to be drinkable. So we just have bottled water. We have, of course, the refrigerator with the water component on it that we use a lot. We don't use, we, we use a lot of the refillable bottles, but we do have some water bottles on hand. And so as I was preparing and we've been talking about this month and it's got thinking, of course, we've mentioned all of us have been like, mm, we're not really ready. Um, I've been kind of looking at different options for water because when I was thinking if we have to, oh, I can't pack 12 bottles of water, my 25 pound kid and whatever else we need. Um, so I did find some pouches of water that you can purchase. So that is an option um, if you're looking for different ways to make sure you have some emergency water. Personally, myself, we've got bottled water. And I know this is not a natural disaster, but it also had me thinking we had a major water leak and we had to shut down and um, the water in our home. And we was without water for several, several days until our plumber could come. We had to run a whole new line. So I did not have the water on hand for us to be able to brush our teeth or, you know, wash little dishes that we did have. And so I, I had to go out and purchase containers that was bigger size bars of water instead of using the bottled waters and that that we used to drink with. So that made me think, you know, I need to have on hand some type of gallon size water, you know, for natural disaster or if our water goes out again, you know, just making sure that you have them on hand. 
Yeah, I'm kind of similar to Amanda. I have bottled water on hand. Um, we keep a couple cases all the time, but I was sitting here thinking as we're discussing, I feel like I need multiple sizes of water. I think like the bottled water would be okay um, in a disaster for drinking, but it would be good to have maybe some gallon size for cooking if I need to do that. And then to go even further, you know, I think um, you can go to like the camping section of stores and they will have like five gallon bottles of water and that would be good to store I know it's a little harder to transport but if you're gonna be at home and you need a lot you know there's five of us and to so to meet the recommendations of how much water to store it's very overwhelming um so I think if I could have a couple of those and then alternate it with other sizes based on what we need that feels a little more manageable and I think something to think about too is sometimes we are aware of the whatever's coming, like a, mm-hmm. you know the storms or whatever it may be. Can you store water in like pitchers? Can you fill up three or four pitchers of water and have them ready that you can use before something like that happens? I try to do that if we have a announced uh, bull water advisory. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes they'll be like, hey, we're gonna the water off we're gonna have to do so i will try to go ahead and fill up some of those containers to have just for brushing teeth or cooking or whatever that is so in our last um home that we were living in while we were building we had well and if electricity went off the water went off and so if there was like an ice storm or a snowstorm coming or bad weather i would fill up all the pitchers but then all my big bowls as well and not just drinking but because I wanted to be able to flush the toilet while yeah we didn't have electricity and so I have done that before and my kids will attest to it like we've had the entire kitchen counter covered in large containers that I have filled with water in preparation for something like that I've done that Tiffany whenever I was without water I had our bathtub filled up at least that Mm -hmm. way you know in all the pots and pans so that way we can at least flush the toilet Storing at least one gallon of water per day for each person or each pet. Consider storing more water than this for hot climates, pregnant women, or also people who are sick. Storing at least three-day supply, just like the uh, three-day supply of food that we talked about a while ago for each person and each pet. We also want to make sure that they're taken care of, you know, trying to store two-week supply if possible. I'm like you, Tiffany, I always have a couple of cases of water on hand, but then I also learned that I needed just regular water on hand too. So do I have enough for, you know, two weeks supply? Probably not just because of my family size, our pets and that. So we, I should probably also have an additional thing of just a couple of cases of our water. Storing a bottle of unscented liquid household Clorox bleach to disinfect your water to use for general cleaning purposes, sanitizing. Uh, Store bleach in an area where the range temperatures stay from 70 degrees Fahrenheit because the amount of active chlorine in bleach decreases over time due to normal decay, uh, considering replace the bottle each year. An open, you know, bottle of water is the safest and most reliable water source. Using food grade water storage containers such as those of a surplus, you know, Tiffany just mentioned that going back to the camping section, being able to get, you know, maybe a five gallon container that you can fill it up with, you know, drinkable water 
or water you can use for cleaning or drinking. You know, washing that container and making sure that it is dried well, so that way it's not mildewy. If you know, if it's still got far as water in it, it could possibly far as um, have bacteria growing in it. So make sure that you clean it well and let it dry before you put it up to be able to use for a disaster. Avoid using uh, containers that are that are not safe for water. Containers that cannot be sealed tightly. Containers that have chipped glass, bottles that are already got cracks, you don't want to use them. Containers that you have heavy toxins, soil in it, liquid chemicals, you know, don't use them type of bottle containers, you know, to put water in for us uh, because that is, you know, can be very dangerous for ourselves and our families as well. For proper water storage, you know, label your drinking water. If you've poured from your faucet, make sure you label it like today. Uh, August 16, 2023 is when I filled this water container up. That way, you know, and you're like, oh, when did I do this? You know, store it where it needs to be stored right on it, you know, with the permanent marker that you know that you've just put water in it today. Replace it. If you've already been doing this and you know when your dates are, but you need to rotate them out just like our food as well. You know, it only stays good for so long. So make sure that you rotate them out if you are not using them on a day-to-day -day basis, but if you've got this ready for your kit. You know, Joni, I've seen where some people say, um, you know, kind of like you're supposed to check your fire alarms and the bat change the batteries when the time changes. That's a good time to go to your kit for disaster um, preparedness and just take a look like what's in there. Maybe I'll rotate those foods and those uh, and that water into my active pantry and then rotate new goods in there. So you know that every six months or so you're constantly getting that rotation and you should be good to go if anything happens. Very good point. Uh, as I said earlier, you know, do not put it where, um, uh your water source or your food source that is in direct sunlight, you know, making sure that you keep it within that uh, range that I talked about far as in a cool, dark place. Same with, that is the same with the water. You know, do not uh, store water containers in areas where toxins can also far as leak together like gasoline. Ways to help spread the word about Life Simplified podcast. Go to our Facebook page and like Life Simplified podcast. Also, you can share your favorite screenshot on your favorite episode, share on social media, and then share it with your friends. Rate us or leave us a review on our podcast app that you listen to. Ideals for future episodes or have a question, you can contact us with lifesimplifiedpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This is Life Simplified. Thanks for listening to Life Simplified. We are family and consumer sciences agents with the University of Kentucky Cooperative Extension Service. Contact us at lifesimplifiedpodcast at gmail.com.